0: What's up, fam? Welcome back to our channel. My name is Tim, and this is the W Podcast, where you get wisdom in the world with the wheelers. In case you missed it, as of right now, we have a TikTok that has over 240,000 views. Now, for some of you, that may not be nothing, but for us, that is a lot for one TikTok. And we were like, wow, this topic about friendships and being an adult and navigating it, has clearly struck a nerve with people and resonated with them in a way that has been impactful. We were like, look, let's go deeper, let's dive deeper into that, but from every angle. So, some people have said that it's okay, it's safe, it's not a problem to be friends with somebody of the opposite sex. And some people think that it's impossible. We're gonna learn from our friend Maurice, God made Mo, as you may know him from TikTok. How does he navigate, as a single man, opposite sex friendships? Does he do it? If he does, how does he manage that? We're going to get into it. And I'm telling you, this is good. There are, unfortunately, in churches, a lot of dudes, or some dudes, I should say, who are Christian. They would write um, maybe on their bio. They would tell somebody if they asked, but they aren't really submitted in their lifestyle. You brought up the key point what's their fruit yeah that's what the Bible says. how do they talk to people right what boundaries do they have with the opposite sex yeah like let's just go into that for you do you well? do you even have boundaries let me not assume like do you have boundaries what does that look like when it, when it comes to the opposite sex
1: um i definitely have boundaries i would say it for me they've become more stricter recently um because um you know being a man of god not not having that many men of God, like in my surroundings, being in college and everything like that, um, I tend to have naturally more sisters in Christ. Um, but I have I had placed strict boundaries. So one, I don't do a lot of one on one time with um, my like friends, uh, women, female friends. Um, also, you can't call me past, you know, 11 o'clock, 10, like ten thirty, eleven o'clock, because I know there's nothing godly happening between those yeah. hours. Um, so I always make sure I put those boundaries in place, and then also the things we talk about. You know, um, I'm uh, I'm really intentional about who I open up to because I don't want to, you know, unintentionally think, oh, he's so affectionate, and you know, cat- make people catch feelings when that's not. Yo, right. Yeah. So uh, I'm really intentional about certain things that I talk about and how vulnerable I am with certain people.
0: No, this is so good. And if you can, I want you to go a little deeper with that because. We obviously you are a handsome guy, and there's a, a lot of a lot of dudes who are who are handsome and single. They have this issue where they're just, especially if they have a, a good personality, yeah. And they're yeah. just trying to be themselves, and they're just normal. Unfortunately, because what you said was not calling past eleven, uh, not opening up on a lot of certain a lot of certain things, and like I agree with all those things. I'm cool with that. I have no problems with those. But I can see somebody listening and being like, it don't take all that. See, then Christians go being legalistic again. But can you kind of share with our listeners how you almost have to do that, one, to protect your heart, but also because you're
1: trying to protect other people's hearts as well. Kind of walk us through that for you. I think that's kind of of what you were saying. You're saying, oh, it doesn't take all that, but maybe it does. And you know, I'd rather overcompensate than not do enough and then have issues later where it's like either I'm catching feelings or they're catching feelings and now we're at an awkward phase where we can't really talk to each other anymore. Um, so I don't think overcompensating that much is a bad thing. Um, and then, um, also just being honest with yourself, I feel like you have to be self aware. And my thing was, I love attention, I know I like attention, um, especially from the opposite sex. Um, so just carrying myself in a way where you know, just walking in a place of humility, not doing things that could you know, accidentally catch people's feelings. So, I'm again, like. Physical touch is my love language, so I love hugging people. But when it comes to the opposite sex, you know, it's a side hug at best or like a handshake because I know I know me and I don't wanna, you know, make things more difficult than it has to be.
0: All right, so please let me know in the comments. Do you think it's possible to have healthy opposite sex friendships? We just heard from my man Mo. I need to know what do you do? If you do have opposite sex friendships, how do you navigate that? Do you have any boundaries in place? Help the people out in the comments. We would love to hear it. Some people say that your friendships have to change if you're single and one of your friends get married. We wanna talk about it. Is that true? We have an amazing guest who's gonna break down what is her personal strategy for when her friends get married because she's still single and she's in her 30s and she navigates that often. And are there different rules for her married friends than there are for her single friends? And then what do you do when that relationship changes? Like maybe your friend just got married and you're still single and you're wondering, how is this gonna affect our relationship? We get into that right now. Obviously you're single, but you have married friends Mm. and you don't believe that you can't be friends with somebody once you're married. So walk us through that because I feel like there's a lot of people who have pain in that area. They were Mm -hmm. close to somebody and then they got married and then things changed, things got different. So how have you been able to keep those relationships?
2: Um, Well, I would say number one is I'm very respectful of the fact that they are married. So when you were single, we might talk on the phone at 1130 p.m. midnight, 1 a.m. You're married. I'm not calling you after a certain time. Like I respect that you're married. You know, Um, I also try to make sure that I'm mindful of how much time Like if I go visit. I don't need to stay there for eight hours, (laughs) you know, like a hangout like we used to. So I try to be mindful of those things. Um, And then also, you know, I I check in with my friends as well. Like when they're going through things, like how can I help you? Like what do you need from me as a friend versus just doing what I think? I have one friend that said, you know, I got married. and Y'all all all stop calling me. Y'all, you guys are putting on me your viewpoint of what marriage has to be can talk on the phone still to you all like don't stop calling me because I'm married so yeah. you know having those open conversations and like I said I think it is important to be you know friends with both spouses um you know I may be closer to one than the other but I think that's also important just so that way there's no issues there
0: yeah I've, you said a lot there that I think is <laughs> so good. let's start with the respect piece yeah because I could see some people hearing that through a lens of well, I'm grown, and they my friend. I knew them longer than they was. I should be able to call. And it's like... I was here first. I, how did you get... Maybe you always were like that. But how did you get to a place where it was like, you were able to respect
1: your friend?
2: You know, I just... I respect the the institution of marriage as well. Um, and I think that I have a different viewpoint of marriage. And probably because I have... I actually have, you know, a few male friends who are really close friends. So I understand like their viewpoint really well, which is very helpful um, in a lot of areas. But, um, you know, I understand what marriage is. And I'm like, even though I've known you forever, you chose to marry that person. Mm -hmm. And marriage to me is about purpose. And so there's a purpose that God has for both of you. And I'm not coming in between nothing that God has put together. I'm not coming in between any of that, you know? So... We talk about like what that looks like. You know, I may go out with my guy friend to eat, but I may go out with his wife the next week to go eat. Like, or we may all go out together and now they have a little one, you know. So we all go as a family, single Sharice in the family, <laughs> you know, like, and that's okay sometimes. Um, but for me, it's just a matter of like just being aware of myself and being aware of them. Like what I think they may need or what they tell me they need and then what I need as well. And when I feel like some of my friends aren't being the best friends, I tell them that um you need to do better. Like yeah. I need, I need a phone call, you know, this month because what are you doing if you're my friend? So I just think it's about communication, um, and just being honest with what you need and what they need.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the communication piece is is so big because I feel like a lot of people struggle with that in general. Like I've heard somebody use the phrase "courageous conversations" mm. because it takes courage to yeah. have a conversation with somebody and tell them, hey. I, I don't I don't like how I feel when you don't reach out to me or I don't like yes. how you can treat me as a friend. Like that isn't something easy because it takes vulnerability.
3: Yeah. And when
0: you're vulnerable, you have a chance you can get hurt. Yeah. So Absolutely. how did you get to a place where you were confident or courageous enough to be able to have those types of conversations? And then what practical tips would you give somebody who's struggling with that?
2: Yeah. So um the first thing is that I am such a giver um in every relationship it's like if I'm your friend I'm like one of the best friends you'll ever have like I'm like the best daughter best sister best like TT like I am a giver and so I just realized that in a lot of my relationships I felt like I was giving so much but not receiving much in return and I was like I'm not okay with that and like I said I do have a counselor that you know I go to and so through some um, counseling and some conversations I begin to unpack that and she's like oh it sounds like you have Maybe boundaries issues. Right. Or you're putting she talks about putting on false burdens or um, one of my friends says unrealistic expectation. Right. And the thing about it that makes it unrealistic is that you haven't expressed that. So how can I hold you to a standard that I haven't expressed or told you that I need? And so when I really begin to understand all that, I'm like, well, I need to open up my mouth for what I for what I want and for what I need. Or they won't know. Sometimes they think they're doing everything right. But it's like, no, I I don't even like grape jelly. I like strawberry. You keep buying me this grape jelly. Like, what are you doing? You know, so it's like if you don't let them know what you need or what you expect, they can't fulfill that role. And I think um, the other piece of that is understanding that you may express that and they may not change. And so you can't change anybody. You can't control anybody. You can only control yourself. So if I tell you what I need and you keep hurting me and you're not there for me, I may have to reevaluate our friendship. Yeah, It doesn't mean I hate you. I still love you, but I may not be able to give as much to you as what I was given before because it's not symbiotic. And also, I think, understanding your place in that person's life. Mm -hmm. What does God put you in that person's life for? Why is that person in your life? Some people, as you know, they always say, are seasonal people, right? In some seasons, I'm closer to you than in other seasons. Or maybe God just put me in your life for a little while to impart something. So I also had to learn the difference between assignments and friendships.
0: I love what she just said. Don't try to change anybody because you can't. And here's the thing. As painful as it is to no longer have a friend because they can't serve you in the capacity you need as a friend, it's even more painful to try to stay and force that relationship to be something that it just is not right now. That doesn't mean it never can be close again. It just means right now, that isn't best. And that's okay, because guess what? There's somebody else out there that God has made who can be a blessing to you in the season that you're in right now. And just because a friend isn't necessarily your best friend right now, doesn't mean they're not your friend at all. It just means you have to reprioritize them. And when you do that, I think you have a lot more peace in that area of your life when it comes to friendship. So in this next clip, we're going to talk about how do you know if you're a good friend? Please, please, please don't tune out here because so many people underemphasize this. We truly believe that friendship is one of the top three most important things when it comes to having a healthy relationship. And that starts whether you're single or you're dating because guess what? You need to be a good friend to yourself, number one, that's a whole nother episode. But you need to be a good friend to your friends because that will teach you and train you and equip you to be able to be a good friend for your partner one day. And when you're friends with your partner, your marriage goes to a whole nother level. It's so sad when people say, yeah, we're married, but we're not friends. I I really, I can't even compute that. I don't understand how that happens. And if you're connected to us and you're not married yet, We're going to make sure that you are right so that you can have such a fulfilling marriage with your best friend. Let's get into it.
3: Another thing that I thought about when it comes to being humble is this great book that I read called Friendish. And we'll link it below. And one of the things that stood out to me during that book, reading that book, was just recognizing, honestly, how selfish and self-centered that I am am. I want my friends to be there for me in a certain way and kind of drop everything for me when I need them when I'm going through a rough time. This book really reminded me that nobody owes me anything. Friendship is such a blessing and it's so sacred and it's so beautiful, but it's also fluid. Friendship and marriage is fluid as well. Obviously, you have more of a protection and more of a covenant within within marriage, but friendship is fluid. I found myself just being reminded that, oh, man, why am I mad at this person? Why have I drawn away? this person or why do I have a certain kind of feeling whenever I see their pictures or whatever the case is and sometimes you know I was convicted and remembering like yeah you you wanted them to to do something for you in a certain way but I had to remind myself like because sometimes I would say oh well I'm not going to do that for them they didn't do that for me that's like well what type of person do you want to be are you going to be a reactive person where oh I only give what's given to me and like Mm -hmm. that's not what Jesus said to do and that's not how he was that's not how I want to be and friendship can really challenge you, um, you know, to, to show up for somebody. Like we said earlier, we're talking about being selfless and giving and give to somebody who hasn't given for you. But just as you said, it prepares you for marriage because a lot of times in marriage, you know, you need to love your spouse even when they haven't done what they're supposed to do for you. But at the end of the day, God's not going to ask you, oh, why didn't you love your friend? You know, that friend the way that you were that I equipped you to. And you say, oh, because they didn't do it for me. And God's like, I didn't give them what I gave you. So
0: that book was very, very convicting. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure that will convict everybody. So we still have two more points that we want to get to. But if this is helping you, can you leave us a comment? Can you like this video? That way we know that you're getting value out of this because we never want to say stuff and help you if it's not actually helping. So definitely go ahead and do that. The next point is be grateful. So what do we mean when we say be grateful? And what I really mean by this is, are you glad that your friend is Mm. in your life? Are you, do you ever think about it like that? Like, are you, do you ever sit and just thank God? Like, Lord, thank you so much that you blessed me with the friends that I have. Yeah. Because if you're not grateful, then you just assume that you should have friends. You just assume Mm. that they should be in your life. You just maybe assume that you're so great that why wouldn't they want to be with you? And it's like... They have options, like you're not the only person in the world they could be friends with. Right. And it's good to be grateful because it helps you keep a soft heart towards them. Right. I feel like being grateful honestly helps you be more humble. Yeah. It helps you be more selfless because you don't think that it's all about you. You don't think that you deserve to have their friendship.
3: Right. No, that's so good. Gratefulness is such a, it's like a garter for joy I found in our lives um, and in our friendships as well. Like We could obviously make a laundry list of things that anybody has done wrong because we're all humans, we're all sinful, we're all faulty. But how, how sweet is it when you run into a friend that you haven't seen in a while and like, man, I'm just so glad to see you. Versus, you know, we've all had those friends where you see them and they're like, you can tell they're mad at you. You know, you're kind of giving them a certain like look or they're kind of like withdrawing and they're just kind of giving you a stink eye. Like you all, you all have had that, that time, that experience as well. And you've probably given that to somebody. I know I have. <laughs> um, it's not it's not good it's not godly but it's just so when you are grateful even having being grateful for the times you did have with somebody and just saying like you know man like you were you were my best friend in college like i wouldn't have gone through college without you i wouldn't have gotten through high school i would not have gone through that hard time or that sickness without you and i'm just so so grateful for those two years or those two months or even, you know, you meet somebody at summer camp and you're growing up. Yeah, I know I had some friends at summer camp. But that was my best friend for that week. Um, and just being grateful for the time that you did have. and Like, really just really understanding that, again, friendship is fluid. Like, some of us will be blessed to have friends for decades. But also, if you have friends for that long, I highly doubt that you talk every single day and every single conversation is fulfilling and loving you know every single every single year um you know friendships can test us stand the test of time but they will be tested um so i think that's another way too to think about being grateful as well It's like okay maybe i'm not as close with this person at this time but what if the lord does bring us back together i want to start with a clean slate i want to have a grateful heart i want to have a clean heart towards this person um because you never know what's going to happen you never know who knows who come on and you never know, you know, you never want to burn bridges. Like, it's okay for doors to close and seasons to change. Like, I think it's kind of an immature mindset if you're mad at somebody for, in, for moving on and growing in their life. Like, mm. that's not, that's not that's not good and I think some of our communities and you know sometimes they, they really do value that or like kind of um, put that on a pedestal like loyalty like oh well don't move far away because you're gonna leave us and it's like well you should want people to grow and um, be all that God has called them to be even if that means that you don't get to talk to them and, and see them as much as you would want to
0: all right y'all let's get right into this last clip see sometimes being a friend can actually be a bad thing (laughs) that's if you are in the friend zone you're like look i don't want to be just friends with you now that wasn't quite me and pauline's story some of you may know it we were friends before we were dating and we weren't interested in each other romantically but it's just so interesting to see how god moved us from the friendship stage to the dating stage. We're gonna unpack that and maybe share something that's helpful. For some of you out there who are like, look, I got my eye on somebody special. They just don't know that I'm special yet. (laughs) Let's check this out. I just randomly said to her, you act like you my big sister or something. You look at me like I'm a little bro. Because I did. And I was insulted, not because I liked her, because I didn't. I was insulted because she was only 11 months older than me. I'm like, girl, who do you think you are? Like, I really, I really was... I said, like, probably a year older. Than I you. really was confused. Like, why are you, like, trying to little bro me? But I said it, and <laughs> I moved on, because I re- it really was impressed. Was just heart leaking? I, no, it wasn't. It was just me, <laughs> just like... It was God easy. Just curious. Opinion. Anyway, that same day someone uh that we were friends with they came up to the desk and we were just talking He's and in a relationship the guy was in a relationship at the time um and he needed advice and we both were just rapping and giving him advice and it was cool because it was like one two like i say something she say something i say something she say something we just going back and forth we just give this man wisdom knowledge and right and to kind of insert really quickly
3: you know where we'll get into this when we do our testimony, when we share our testimonies but we both had you know separately a passion for relationships and like healthy relationships because of our own path. right
0: but we didn't notice at the time right. so we both were sharing stuff and then i remember leaving my shift my shift was over I left, and I remember...
3: Tweeting.
0: I did tweet out... It's should show the tweet. I don't know if I can find it. I remember the tweet with something like, me and Pony should be a tag team. Because I really left that joint feeling like we killed it. Like, we really helped this man and gave him some advice. And I was just like, wow, like, that was cool. That was it. It was strictly that was cool. It wasn't like, oh, man, maybe she should be my wife. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was just that was cool. Yeah. So that was summer 2015. Get to September, October 2015. What?
3: Well, you're missing a key part that I'll, and maybe not a key part for you, it was a key part for me because what what we're hoping you guys will hear is like God's kind of like God dropping little kind of like in hindsight.
0: Well, you go ahead. So
3: I was going to share. So, Tim, in college, um, if you guys don't know, I did grow up in Maryland, I grew up in Massachusetts. And in college, I did not have a car, um, but we were, we went to a church that was very far away and always just bum rides with people, and I actually built a lot of really great friendships with people doing that. Anyway, so Tim got a, had a car. I think he got your car in 2015, right? No,
0: 2014. Whatever. So
3: he got his he got a car, and he had a car at school, um, and we were in this internship program at our church over the summer when we were working, so we worked, worked and lived on campus, but our church was like 40 minutes away. So for one of the internship nights, um, Tim actually gave me a ride back to College Park because I didn't drive. And then on the ride back, and it was kind of a weird thing because like, you know, our church culture... Um, you know, was big on, like, guys and girls, not being alone. the carless was, like, a sibling. I mean, for those three people, they like, that's fine, like, two girls, one guy, or vice versa. But just one guy, one girl was kind of like, eh, you shouldn't really, like, you know, just boundaries. Um, so it's kind of a weird thing. So I felt kind of uncomfortable, but I really needed a ride, and everybody else who went to our church did not live near College Park.
0: You should have won the side of the road, just
3: know. I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> so, anyway, on the ride home, we had a, we were having a conversation. And, like, this is probably our only time, like, being alone, right? Like, yeah, as for friends. Sure. Yeah. Because um, we were friends, but it was, like, we was associates. group friends. Let's
0: keep it 100. We was
3: associates. Okay. Well,
0: People love throwing out friend word. You associates. It's okay. That's going to free somebody We were right
3: friendly. Now. But, anyway, we're in the same circle. But this is our first time really being alone, like, in a private setting. Because that story you just told about at the, the desk... That was in a public saying that other people like around. So anyway, we're on the ride home, 40-minute drive home, and we end up, to, oh, how are you? And I hate
0: small talk. So low-key, when she asked me to take her home, I wasn't happy about it. I was she like, likes
3: being, like, just bumping me. I was like, I don't
0: want to talk to do I don't want to do small talk. But it ended up being a great conversation. Go
3: ahead. Right. So anyway, long story short, through that conversation, I had learned that he, you know, it was supposed to be a small conversation, but it turned into something deep. And then I learned that he was actually passionate about relationships. Um, And I was like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation anymore because I didn't want, you know, I had known that marriage was you know, obviously serious, and, like, I knew that I wanted to do ministry with my husband, whoever he was going to be, and I knew that the Lord had put, like, relationships on my heart, and we are going to do relationship ministry, and maybe some other things, I don't know, but I knew that that was a part of, like, kind of my purpose, and, um, I knew that my husband was going to also have a similar passion so when he told me that i was like i don't want to have this conversation anymore because i don't want to start thinking like oh like are we supposed to get married and like la, 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 la. so i was just like oh my gosh like okay like this conversation has gone too far let's shut it down <laughs> <laughs> but obviously looking back that was the lord showing softening me. our yeah it
0: was little steps to help us look back and see like okay maybe god is in this so the thing, the story I told about being at the desk, that was like June, July 2015. Her story is like end of August 2015. So uh, go forward to September 2015, October 2015. I have my friend who hosted the connect group. He was like, yo, you should look into Pauline. And I was like, no, you're crazy. Why are you telling me that? Uh, and at the same time, one of her big sisters, mentors came up to her and was like, hey, you should look into Tim. And again, she was like, no, you're crazy. Why would you say that? And it's just interesting that at this, literally the same time, those two people were not in cahoots, but they came up and separately to us and told us, hey, look into each other. Again, we really feel like God was leading us into that. We both sometimes can be a little stubborn, so I guess the Lord needed multiple things. So I know for me, one of the big things that helped me start beginning to talk to Pauline or show interest in her was after my friend had said that, I ended up having a dream and I'm not like a big, I'm not Joseph. I don't be having big dreams all the time <laughs> and stuff, but I ended up having a dream. I was in a car, pulled up next to my best friend. He was like, yo, who, who, who are you in the car with? And I look over I was like, it's my girlfriend. And it was Pauline. And I woke up from that dream shook. I'm like, Lord, what is this? Like, what, what does this mean? So I just decided, I just decided to start pursuing it. And we started talking, and then things kind of went from there. But that's kind of my perspective on how we got from how you just cool to being like, okay, like, let's look into this. Anything you want. Well, uh, yeah, and I
3: think you should, you know, say it too. It wasn't just like, a, oh, God, I guess I'll check her out. Like, over time, you were like, oh, she's cool. Like she's <laughs> You think I should say that? <laughs>
0: yes, over time. You make
3: but... it sound like the Lord dragged you and forced you. <laughs> but, yeah, so at the same time that that was happening, um... As Tim mentioned, you know, I was, somebody that I look up to was telling me, yeah, you should look into Tim, like, and I was like, uh, uh why? And she was like, you know, that, his character, how he acts at church, mm. like, you know, really? the way um, his attitude, when I ask him to do something, he doesn't complain, he just goes right ahead and does it. She was you know how rare that is. Um, So she was telling me, you know, all these things, and I was like, well, you know I'm a woman like it's not like he likes me or it's not like he's been like hitting me up or trying to talk to me like what can I do and she was like just pray about it um if God wants something to happen something will happen and I was like okay like this seems (laughs) kind of weird but I did because what do I have to lose you know imagine she didn't say oh girl you should text him oh girl you should you know put yourself out there and like but you
0: were struggling with it because I was younger
3: I was, and, she, and I told her, I was like, he's still in college, and she was like, didn't you just graduate, like, three months ago, and I was like,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, Don't miss your blessing, ladies, Tim- because you have this list and this narrative of a, what a perfect man looks like for you. You could be missing out.
3: Well, yeah, one, and we've talked about this, but one thing that I've lived out and learned personally is, you know... A lot of reasons why a lot of women want to have a man husband that's older than them is because they want somebody who's mature. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should want someone who's mature. And I would even challenge you to write on your list somebody who's mature yeah don't marry someone who's not yeah mature. it's not really about age but it's about maturity and there are plenty of men who are 40 years old who have the maturity of a 14 year old and then there are plenty of 14 year olds who are maturing on their years because of their proximity to god and things that they've been through and just how they choose to live their lives um so that's really you know like age does not equal wisdom does not equal maturity doesn't equal leadership capabilities
0: that's a wrap for this week's episode of the w podcast we hope you enjoyed it and more importantly we hope you really understand how important being a good friend is and hopefully you got one tip or two that's going to help you right now in your friendships we'll see y'all next week thanks for watching this video to get
3: more christian relationship advice subscribe to our channel
0: and make sure you check out our other videos as well